I'm Hannah Croft. And I'm Ava Truckee, and this is Feed Me Your Stories. A show about food, pleasure, and community. Hosted by two best friends who don't have inside voices. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. Hi, Ava. Hi, Liam. Hello. Welcome back to Feed Me Your Stories. I feel like it's been a minute since we've actually recorded an episode together. My husband. Yeah. Yeah, we took a... Because you were sick and my brain broke... I talked about Halloween because you don't like Halloween. I don't not like Halloween. Like, I feel like I, okay. It's a, you're a, you're a Halloween adjacent kind of a gal. I enjoy Halloween, but I'm not like obsessed. That's fair. Fair enough. I'm not, I didn't decorate my house. You will when you have children. Will we? Oh my God, you have to. Otherwise I'm coming over and doing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Like, <laughs> it's going to be like a carving pumpkin type situation, right? Like I'll go pumpkins for sure. Okay, I don't deal. know if I want to like get on the ladder and put things on the house. I'll get on the ladder. Okay. And you guys will you, you'll carve the pumpkins. You heard it here first, folks. Ava will be getting on a ladder and decorating our house for holidays for the foreseeable future. What happens when we move? Done. I'm, I'm coming. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Standing Halloween date. Yeah. TT Ava will always do those things. All right. All right. And you're carving the pumpkins because I can't stand that. I'm always like, let's carve pumpkins. And by carve pumpkins, I mean, let's eat and drink and somebody else carve pumpkins besides me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like carving pumpkins. I don't know if I want to like I'm not a big fan of the scooping. No, yeah. You have to do a both hand. See, that's the part that like ruins it for me is like, I don't like the feeling of pumpkin guts between my fingies. Yeah, it is well, a sensory bee boob. I actually kind of enjoy it. What I don't love about it is how, um, number one, it's typically cold. And number mm-hmm. two, it kind of makes me itchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, especially when it starts to dry. Mm-hmm. Anyways, tell me something um, about something lovely you've eaten recently, will you? Um, what's something lovely that I've eaten recently? Oh, we we went on a little date on Saturday night and we had this pesto pistachio risotto at Car Driver. Oh it was okay good. It was real good. I told you that they had some fire pasta not pizza things on the menu. Yeah. And it was really yummy. And then we got a pizza that had fennel and like merguez sausage on it. Yes. And it was bomb. Saw that there was something else and Anaya was like, should we uh because we went to car driver on Monday. And he was like, should we get this? And then there was one with like mushrooms. On, and I was like, oh my God, that looks so good. And then we ended up getting the daisy because it's $6 on happy hour. And yep. uh, Maddox was housing oysters. And so we were like, well, we're going the cheaper route. Yeah, that's fair. With the exception of cart driver, I... Cart driver? Cart driver. <laughs> Emphasis, syllable. I, uh... <laughs> I cooked a lot last week, which felt really good. And then at the end of the week, I was like, I'm tired. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do any more kitchen witching. Um, But that felt good to like get back into the kitchen fairly consistently Mm -hmm. and and cook for the, for the folks. I made like my first loaf of no need bread of the season because generally speaking, that's the only kind of bread I fuck with. I really want to make milk bread. Ooh, yeah. 
me to talk about, um, I'm not going to say it, it starts with a T. I don't want to butcher it. Tang Zhang? Oh, yeah. I think that is how you pronounce it, right? Tang Zhang or something. Tang Zhang, yeah. I don't yeah. speak Japanese, so. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Like the kind of a ruse situation. Yeah, Slur yeah, slurry situation to make your bread mm. hella bouncy mm. and it's more shelf stable. That's what I do for the, uh, the rolls that I made at Christmas. Yes. Oh, yeah. And like mm -hmm. how they get real pillowy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to do it with uh, some cinnamon rolls. Mm. Yeah. So that's on my to make list currently. That sounds nice. Yeah. What's something delicious you've eaten in the past week? That was or so? nice. I mean, you know, you know how we feel about like simple but good food. It was nice to do that. And I made like a big ass pot. Oh, those beans and greens that I fed you. Yeah, those were delicious. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Simple, straightforward. Yeah. Also, like, there really is just such a big difference between, like, soaking and cooking your own beans and not using canned beans, mm -hmm. but weeknight situation, I don't give a fuck. I will use canned beans all day long. Absolutely. I absolutely did that. Even on weekends, I feel like. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I love, like, I, like I said, I mean, I do, I really do love, like, soaking and, and doing all of my beans from scratch, and when I don't have time, ain't, sor sorbot's fine. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, the caramel. Oh, for fuck's sake. God. I tried to make caramel and that was not I'm not a candy maker, you guys. It was so hard and crunchy and it was n nothing about it. And my kids were like the best sports about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like literally it was like and like there's like, like break your teeth. No, seriously. And like and they were just trying like so and like so many and then finally Mooney was like can can we cut it and i so, so then i'm like trying to slice and it's just like cra it's so hard that it is literally like shattering off of the apple oh my and god I, and both they still were like trying to like <laughs> nod and i was like you guys don't have to eat them and she's like no mom it's good and i was like i love you so much and there is nothing about any of that right now that is good so god, so blessed again let me just Store-bought is fine. So that's store-bought is, store is fine. Ina Garden said it. Said it first. She knows. Yeah, she knows. Um. So you may have noticed that there's a another voice in here today because we have a guest. What? Um. And and it's Liam. It's it's Hello. Liam Donovan. It's Liam Donovan. That's me. My husband elect. Yeah. yeah. Um. Pre-husband. Pre-husband. Pre-husband-elect. Welcome. Um, how's it going, Liam Donovan? It's going. It's, uh, this is, it's like a nice, cool autumn day, which is my favorite kind of day. Same. Mm -hmm. uh, I was halfway through eating a treat that I made before we started recording. I was instructed to not eat during the recording, so... Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. Yeah. For for those of you with the uh, what's it called misophonia? Yeah, it's a crunchy sack too. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> not um, ASMR. Uh, what, yeah, it's doing well. What is something delicious you've eaten over the past week or so? Um, I I mean I'm I think probably the probably pizza that we had on Saturday on Friday. Um. I've been working a lot, so I've been yeah. eating a lot of garbage food this week. <laughs> so that's really the only thing that I was excited about. Tell tell the folks at home about what you made yesterday. Oh, uh, so I made a babka uh, with 
baklava flavoring. So it had some nice little pistachio walnut crumble in there and you know the syrup. It was it's been something I've wanted to make for a while, but it's it's been summer, so we can't mm -hmm. really turn our oven on. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also ate the babka and I thought it was delightful. Yeah. The, I don't like babka and I thought it was really good. The bread part of it needed some work. Um, I will say that, but otherwise it was quite yummy. Yeah. I like it. The dog likes it. Yeah. <laughs> Little shit. He ate half of the dates that I bought that were going to go into it. So, yeah. it's date light. Mm hmm. Yeah. Easy on the dates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so something that we like to do on the podcast, I've done it, you've done it, and now it's Liam Donovan's turn, is uh we get into like what what's your what's your food story? <laughs> yeah. Um tell me about where you came from. <laughs> my food origins. Uh yeah, exactly. I am one of five children, so um <clears throat> there was there's different phases to my food journey depending on how many kids were in the house at the any given time mm -hmm. uh most of the dinners that i remember as like an adolescent were costco frozen situations um store-bought is fine <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's most, the title of the episode <laughs> yeah, most food was store-bought <clears throat> uh, so those are, yeah, I feel like that I, I didn't really get to start. I wasn't a person that like enjoyed food for food until like after. You were college. an eat, eat for necessity kind eat of. Eat for sustenance. I was a swimmer in high school. So it was like, a, how can I eat the most calories in the shortest amount of time? Uh, was pretty much how I thought about eating for like seven years um which isn't really great I mean like yeah no mostly not great uh way to think about food and consumption um I mean yeah I think I like really started to kind of explore and enjoy food when I was in college and like I was I think there was like some embarrassment at all of the foods that I like didn't enjoy eating that seemed very like juvenile like I wasn't really a person that ate salads until I went to college. Uh, and so like eating greens was something that I had to like learn how to do and enjoy. Um, like sushi was one that I was always like embarrassed about those kinds of things of like, like we didn't really branch out to like different, you know, nationality as of cuisine. It was mostly just like, I mean, we got like, you know, frozen chicken, or like frozen orange chicken at Costco. That was like about as, the extent. as international as we got. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, I mean, that was kind of like where it started. Um, I think there was like some, when I was very young before some of the siblings came around, I think we probably spent more time on food, but then that was also when I was quite a bit younger and so dude did either one of your parents enjoy cooking like do you feel like a lot of the like you know pre-made stuff and frozen stuff was done out of like a 
a number of children or like a time thing or did they just like genuinely not really have like a passion for being in the kitchen or is um, it a both and I think it's a, a both and I think there are things that they enjoy making um but I don't think and and certainly I mean like with five kids timing and everything is the name of the game for most things that you're doing so I think like a lot of it was just necessity like okay we have 17 after school activities to do today so we're not making we're not cooking today <clears throat> um but i i also don't <clears throat> think that there is a uh, there i wouldn't say that either of my parents have like a passion for food okay um, even and, still yeah um i mean even when we went home for christmas mm-hmm. this past year like we did most of the cooking yeah like we the kids really took over the kitchen um and I think that they were very fine with that. Um, but like there are some dishes um, and things that we do or that they do that are like, I don't know, kind of staples in their, you know, cooking. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say that it's like a, a joyful thing for them. That's not where they are picking up their pleasure spoons. Right. Uh, both of my parents are very, like, for lack of a better word, left-brained people. They're very analytical and precise. And so I think the parts about cooking that I like, which is kind of like, you know, going off script and, like, finding new and fun ways to, like, adjust <clears throat> what we're cooking or, like, find, you know, different ways to make things. Like, that's not really them. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your siblings? Um, I, it's funny. I think I started kind of getting interested in food or I I think my like exploration into, okay, I'm going to learn how to cook food and like make good food came from my older brother. Um, I think part of that was just because he was the oldest. And so he had to do those things for himself first. Um, so I got like a lot of my early food knowledge of like how to cook things and how to make good food from him and from like cookbooks that he passed down on me um which you have now passed I have now passed on to, to my little story. brother which um, is sweet but he is I think very much like my parents and that he has a very like analytical brain and so there's like a similar kind of like I need to do this 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 way every time to make it perfect. Um, like the book that he gave me is from like American Test Kitchen that is like, this is exactly how you want to make these things. And every do, single time. If mm-hmm. you do this wrong, it'll come out tasting like this and that is bad. Um, and so I think like there is, I think that makes like cooking more stressful than it needs to be uh, for them. Um, uh, but I think my older sister um, has, like, I think that is where I kind of have gotten more of my, like, int- like you know, like, let's explore food uh, kind of deal. I think that is, like, more her line of thinking and how, um, like, her partner, her spouse is also the person that kind of, like, I think introduced me to a new way of thinking about food. Um <laughs> That is not just, uh, like, making food to feed myself, but, like, making food for the sake of making food and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. The pleasure part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. And, and then my younger siblings. I don't really know how they necessarily conceptualize food. My younger brother is, I think, very much on board with the frozen Costco stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's something that he's really grown out of. Um, and I don't. Uh, I think my little sister is also kind of in that phase of like oh, there's like more food that exists beyond the borders of North America. Um, and so I, like she recently visited uh, my sister and her spouse while they were shortly after they had their kids and they went on like a San Francisco date and like <laughs> had all of these new she things. Had she had Boba, Boba for the, for the first, first time. time. And, uh, so I think she's still kind of like figuring that out for herself. I mean, to be clear you know, An- Anaya has grew up in some, yeah. in some ways, somewhat similar, mm-hmm. you know, that Geographically was very nearby. Yeah. And, you know, his dad was, um, single once Anaya was seven. And so a lot of that was like, I'm going to feed you guys for the lack or <clears throat> for the sake of you have to eat in order right. to, to keep stay. you alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, so here's a food and eat it. Um, but I mean, he's gotten, I mean, you, you know, him and like his palate and, and whatnot, but this year I was thinking about Boba and how this is the first year that he had, I was like, I really want a Boba. And he's like, I've never actually had one. <laughs> and I was like, what? So there we were door dashing Boba. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like that sometimes mm-hmm. as they say. So when did food like Because I feel like I met you when you had like some concept of like food as a source of like pleasure and satisfaction and and joy. Something that you wanted to explore more outside of how I keep myself alive. Mm -hmm. Like, is there, do you have a distinct memory or like a dish that you made that was kind of that like aha moment for you? I don't know if there was necessarily like a dish like that. I think there a lot of I think there was a phase where I wanted to make more and new and different and exciting food but I was like a single person living with roommates and so like there wasn't like an opportunity to do that um you know like that is something that takes there's like a lot more labor involved and then you have so much more food and so it just like never made sense to do that um but I so I think like when we started dating I think that was an op of like okay now there is another person that I'm cooking with and another person to eat food and more importantly another person to help me clean all this shit up (laughs) (laughs) in addition to the cleaning part I do Uh, think that there is something to be said about that though you know I always had a passion for food even as a kid um because I did come from lots of folks that did love to cook mm-hmm. and then yeah I mean it, I still did and then a lot of it was just like lack of resources mm-hmm. uh, like I couldn't and then I remember dating a person that worked in kitchens mm-hmm. and he was a good cook and that sort of was like oh now now this is all making sense mm-hmm. and I think that it makes things way easier to navigate if you can kind of navigate that with another person right yeah and I think like you know, when I was in college, um, like potlucks were a really like key way to kind of do that. Cause 
there's you know there's that kind of like shared element of it like okay i only have to worry about making one dish right and like that's something that i can do i can explore and like find like new and exciting things to make um and you know there's enough college kids making food that like someone's going to make something awful and so (laughs) there's less pressure to um to make something you know like knock it out of the park i'm gonna put that in a just so the the background sounds are they they're not my children it's that the dog has a severe case of give me the attention right now and is throwing around a squeaky toy and um doing his his tippy taps you're welcome he's gonna get a manicure later today you're wel- everybody yeah. is welcome yeah so you're welcome for that that canine asmr yeah um so now when you think about like if you are <laughs> oh my god don't worry liam hid the toy and chester went and found it, got it. he's got it he's got it, it again it bathroom, it, so. <laughs> no he's determined bath. oh boy. oh yeah, well this is what it sounds like in our house on a monday morning uh-huh this checks a, out this is accurate yeah <laughs> i mean we always said that we were going to keep it real on this podcast yeah so well the dog is on one he was probably wired from all the sugar from, from all of those dates that he ate yesterday <laughs> little monster yeah. um so while the dog is often a source of displeasure um can you talk a little bit about how bread became like an important part of your like self-care and pleasure practice yeah um I mean that was uh like many people a product of COVID um I had made I knew that I wanted to start making sourdough I think because there's like a certain amount of pretension that I carry around and like this idea of you know doing everything from scratch um makes you feel cool yeah like you know store-bought is fine but also like I feel like a worse person if I have to settle for (laughs) store-bought and so uh the I like this you know being able to take something that is literally just very basic ingredients and turn it into something wonderful has always kind of appealed to me um and because I have uh my parents like analytical brain that like the science behind that's what I was gonna say that that makes sense to me that that would appeal to you mm -hmm, most is mm -hmm. like something that has like very like is very precision driven yeah and I think one thing that so anyways I'm getting a little out of myself but basically I started making bread uh or started making sourdough during the early days of COVID um got my starter going took fucking forever to start um but then I, I made my first bakes uh, like a month and a half into COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, it just kind of became, it's like, it was something that fit very well into the like shit context that we were given. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't know. I think like I was working from home at the time and it's like the perfect work from home thing to make. Cause it's like, all right, here's this thing that's going to take six hours. And I literally just need to do like two minutes of things to it every time. hour. Yeah. And so it, 
uh, was really easy to fit in around like Zoom meetings and conference calls and stuff like that. Um, and it also was a time where like we couldn't do anything like anything. yeah we couldn't do old things we couldn't do new things we could do fun or we're making things. bread inside the house yeah and so that was just like okay this is this new thing that i'm getting to explore amidst a time of awful monotony and like i mean bad like yeah bad like stuff monotonous terror every day um if it's gonna be monotony let it be bread yeah um and so that that again that just kind of like fed a lot into how I understand or like think about the world and like approach like there is a certain amount of like precision to it and like you know science-ness but also once you get an understanding of like some of those things and it means that you don't have to be quite as precise and um like exact with it because it's like okay well I know that I you know I have added less water to it this time and so I want to like make these adjustments later on in the process um or like oh I fucked up and like forgot about it for an hour and so this is like the state that it's in here's how I can adjust to it so it just I think like having that kind of fundamental understanding of like how flour turns into gluten and like how that turns into bread um really allowed me to like kind of like I like I think the first couple of times I made bread was I were stressful because they didn't turn out exactly how I wanted to and when things don't turn out how they want how I want them to I get upset because I've done a bad job um and so getting that understanding allowed me to like kind of worry less about those kinds of things because if I fucked up I knew how to fix it and then there is a certain element of just kind of like okay I fucked up whatever like this Mm -hmm. is still bread like it doesn't look good but it still tastes good and like I can still put butter on it and it and eat it and eat it (laughs) and and it's still homemade bread yeah yeah um did you did you run into um bread baking for beginners or like uh bonnie o'hare the from alchemy bread cottage baker in in california no that was one of the first um folks that i came across when i and and her book is like very left brain Mm -hmm. and is like very science driven Mm -hmm. and i appreciated that because i'm super right brain Mm -hmm. and like i needed that yeah. you know like the precision and like the temps and yeah. the, like mm-hmm. measuring and that sort of thing I thought that that was pretty cool yeah no I my like intro was tartine okay um I had I think I had a roommate at one point in college who got that book and I remember looking through it and one it's just like a very sexy book like <laughs> tartine. yeah yeah, like, yeah the pictures the hands all oh of my it God. Yeah. yeah so good um <laughs> And I think it also is a really good kind of like beginner book of like it provides a decent amount of explanation. But what really kind of like drove a lot of my knowledge and like understanding was uh, a blog called The Perfect Loaf. And it's this dude is like an engineer. And so it's like it very much like fed into that. Like this is exactly what is happening kind of under, you know, behind the scenes or whatever. Um, and so that that helped me kind of get that fundamental, you know, baseline understanding that also allowed me to kind of explore other and 
It was Arguably Brad was your catalyst. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I, now I mean, Brad has become a very important coping strategy for me. Um, during the 2020 election, we were just like, there was bread everywhere. During, there was like, there was that, like at least a loaf a day during that like <laughs> week where it wasn't called yet, but like yeah, I there was there was so much babkas and bagels and just fools. I wanted to complete the alliteration. Yeah, that was good. Good job. I was. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's um, it's a, a very familiar thing to like set back into now. Now there isn't quite as much like oh god I need to be very you know like hover over it because if I mess up it's gonna go wrong and now it's like okay like I'm you've settled into I your know brain what I'm, I know what I'm doing yes yeah yeah, yeah. it's like a little bit more intuitive mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I also feel like bread was one of the things that really got us kept us connected to our community during like the height of COVID, like the height of lockdown, Mm -hmm. because you would like make two loaves at a time and we would take the extra loaf and deliver it to somebody. Yeah. yeah. And even if we didn't get to like see our people or talk to our people, we got to like leave a loaf of bread on their stoop and say like, Hey, miss you. Love you. Like hope we can see each other again (laughs) sometime soon. Yeah. I think it's it is it's like the easiest way to share joy with people like yeah I mean some people have different relationships with bread I personally think that bread is like the best thing in the world and so getting to yeah I think that that's how everyone should think about bread personally but to each their own um and so just getting to like share that with people um is wonderful and I I think it's like a thing like it can be celebratory bread. It can be like condolence bread. It's there's yeah. a lot of different. Yeah, ways. I feel like you've made people birthday bread. You've made people. You just had a baby bread. Mm-hmm. You've made people. Like your baby's in the hospital bread. Yeah, like all kinds of. We have sad and happy kind of bread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like it is a kind of you know like we've talked about a couple episodes back about like what what's our go to thing that we make for people when we're like on a meal train yep. or something like this is bread yeah You're making and like bread, bread is bread is so like it's so comforting too do we want to go like the cheese ball route of like breaking bread do we want to get in there uh, i it sounds like you're already I, there i already landed there yeah nobody's surprised <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, but I also, there was like, I feel like that year, like 2020, like you also got really, you know, you experimented it in a lot of different ways. And I feel like you, you brought like Liza a loaf of challah that you made. Mm-hmm. Like there was, you know, there were so many different ways that bread was the vehicle for us connecting in a time where connection felt really fraught. Mm-hmm. And that feels really like, like there's something really comforting about that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was also like a way to explore. I, I like I think my early bread I this like kind of tracks with how 2020 processed, but like my early bread forays were all like cis white dudes. And then like 
you know, the George Floyd protests happened and then it was like, oh, I need to like expand my understanding of bread and that led me to like a lot of different cool, like not white bread bakers. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I think it's, it's a, it's a really easy, like not easy, but it's a good vehicle for like, because every, all cultures have bread in some Mm -hmm, way and finding, finding different ways to make bread and like learn about different cultures and like how they enjoy bread and how they make it and why they make it that way Mm -hmm. um, is a really, like it's I don't know it's a this is like very I don't know it's like like everyone it's it's this like kind of tie that binds everyone right yeah Um, in the same way that like every culture eats rice mm -hmm. every culture has some kind of bread well and I Mm -hmm. think too you know like you said it's like uh in ways that you can begin expanding like oh shit I happen to really like curry oh well there's like literally thousands of Mm -hmm. different curries from Mm -hmm. different regions depending on where you're at Mm -hmm. I think that not only does it encourage you to branch out and like look at the scope of everybody and Mm -hmm. all of their breads Mm -hmm. but yeah I think that it's cool that you like invest in ways that can expand your there's not just cishet white dudes making bread and also there's like bread from over here that I, I think that it's like a nice starting point to like immerse yourself in culture not just through food but through mm-hmm. like like a, hu- a humanitarian lens yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. cool neat mm-hmm. um if you were if you like sat down and had a conversation with someone who was like i really want to start making bread and i'm overwhelmed there's so much information there are so many resources like, like i have this sexy book for you it's called turkey <laughs> <laughs> intersection to food and pleasure there it is pleasure. <laughs> Liam doesn't have like stacks of playboys he has stacks of bread, bread mags, mags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good yeah um, and and i'm a very doughy person so you know it works out let me squeeze your bread girl <laughs> <laughs> oh no well I mean there's always a a point in which we go off the rails in every episode and here we are the train has departed there's a question but like (laughs) any any advice any uh anything like for 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 the beginner for the beginner um I think I would find one recipe and like rather than like trying to absorb all that information yes. from all these different places. Yes. Find one source, figure out how to do it from there. And then like, once you have that kind of like understanding and once you feel confident doing that, then start exploring. Wouldn't you agree um, that that's like it with cooking in general, especially yeah. if you feel like I feel it's like not that's... in your wheelhouse, yeah. like just pick a thing, right? Like too many folks, they're like, I'm going to find a marinara recipe, but I'm going to find 45. Yeah. And then I'm going to like do a bee boop over here. And mm-hmm. I'm going to like pick mm-hmm. this apart. Just find one thing for now. Yeah. If and it's bread or anything else. Right. And so much of the information is also like contradictory. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you're not going, you're going to be frustrated and Get overwhelmed. Yeah. First. Yeah. And yeah, like, especially if you don't really know what you're doing, like none of that is going to make sense and it's going to piss you off and you're going right. to love. Um, so I think find one thing that you want to get good at 
learn it that way. And then like, once you feel confident doing that, then start looking at other ways. And also just at the core, know that bread is really hard to be bad, like truly, truly bad. bad. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it can be done, but it's most often like still going to be bread. And that's, that can't be bad. Um, so like, I think. Would you say that bread has helped you have more compassion for yourself? Um, <laughs> it's like, no, do you hear I myself? Think, <laughs> I, I think it's helped me fake it. <laughs> oh no, this yeah. bread sucks. So do I. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, speaking of like food, uh, my mother was always a, no, this is, this, these ribs could have been done better if I had just done this. Like, she's a martyr cook. Yeah, like very much a deflecting any positive feedback for like, well, okay, this is how it sucks though. Um, <laughs> which is something I talk about in therapy on a very regular basis. <laughs> uh, but, I, I, so I think like, yes, there is a certain amount of like, I've gotten better at accepting fuck ups, but I don't know if I've necessarily in those moments still feel a lot of compassion for myself. Uh, but I think it has, um, it has kind of gotten me to a place of knowing like, okay, there will be other opportunities to make this good, even if it sucks now. There's um, softness and learning and patience. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I, I still am not really good at being nice to myself. Me either. But we're all working on it. I, I probably am better than I was, and a lot of that is probably because of bread. But I agree. I yeah. think too. Like, no, as when generally speaking, if I'm doing a bake, it's for money, right? So if right. I fuck it up, the 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 okay. amount of self compassion that I have is. Low. almost non-existent Low. that said you know when I'm when I'm doing a thing at home or whatever the fucking caramel you know what I mean <laughs> I did like I I began to read and, and somebody else had mentioned like oh higher elevation I don't know about you I have never with the exception of like being able to like I biscuits for example like the humidity or lack thereof in the air like I can eyeball how much hydration I need to mm -hmm. add or not mm -hmm. given the day but like I didn't take into consider like I don't take into consideration high altitude with my bakes I never have mm -hmm. and somebody had said something about high altitude and, and boiling temps and blah 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 and I was like Oh, yeah, yeah, I had no fucking idea. And also, guess the next time I'm going to make caramel. I'm not. <laughs> Never. Mm -mm. I'm not. Big going note. To make no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there, I think that was a, a thing when I was like first trying to figure out how to do it and was fucking up a lot. I was like, oh, it's got to be elevation and like dove into like, no, like, I'm just how new. can I adjust for elevation? And it was basically like, no, you just kind of suck. Shut <laughs> <laughs> uh, Like, there are, I think there are obviously very like, fundamental differences of baking at elevation versus and some not. but some people want to die on that hill like some people are like you have to adhere to baking at high altitude or your bakes are going to be fucked yeah. i mean i, I think it's it's the same like yes that is true and like you're gonna 
like you have a different scale every time or like the measuring cups you use are going to be slightly right. different sizes. Mm-hmm. And so that those sorts of changes are always going to like come out in the wash anyways. Right. And so I think you still need to understand how those differences show up even in the absence of elevation that like that is a thing that is going to change slightly every single time you bake and so you you have to make the same adjustments um and then yeah i don't know i think like more than anything i think the hardest thing for me in terms of like baking and what i thought like i have a shitty oven and like that was significantly more important to figure out and like work around the high altitude yeah yeah, yeah. agreed yeah um i ha- i was gonna say a thing there was a, a a thing oh fucking up food um i think <laughs> oh, love are you about to roast food. me no <laughs> i wasn't going to but he's I like think but now let's give him the opportunity for a year. Um, <laughs> no i think i I think I'm much better when other people fuck up food at being like, okay, this is like not the end of the world. We have Can't other confirm. things that we can eat. Um, in particular, I was thinking of when I was in uh, Oakland visiting my sister uh-huh. uh, and we were making pizza and their uni. And I, not to like put her on blast, but she <laughs> did not sufficiently flour the like pizza dough and the peel and so it got stuck on it and it was like this, they all fell on it was a big old mess it was a big old mess uh but like we had more pizza dough and like it was fine it was like it i mean it wasn't that pizza was not fine <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much ruined um but it, there was like this okay like whatever if that one sucks, there's still another opportunity to make pizza. And if that sucks, there's still other food that we can eat. And like, even if this thing doesn't come, like, I think I have gotten better at looking at like, there are other things that we can eat. And there are other ways that like, we can work around this fuck up. Um, Like, even if it means pivoting and changing course, or like, all right, we're just going to eat mac and cheese tonight. Um, Like, are that does that's not a bad thing like I'm never gonna feel bad about eating mac Annie's mac and cheese I was gonna I was gonna kick my own shit and be like nope I'm not there I I don't have any self-compassion for when I fuck shit up um but I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back because I told you earlier last week that I was like okay I am I love going to the grocery store but I also go to the grocery store way too much and I could do a lot better of like assessing what I already have mm-hmm. and like building off of that mm-hmm. and so I was like committed to doing that this week and I was like I'm gonna do this like delicata squash salad with like farro and blah and I found like this hunk of meat way back in the freezer and I was like I'm gonna do a tiny baby pot roast and like long story short, this cut of meat was like not what I thought it was. <laughs> and I like still I was like, all right, it's it's all good because we're still gonna do the things to it and we're we're just gonna whack it in the instant pot. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. And then it wasn't fucking fine. And I was like, <laughs> you know, we're gonna eat, we're gonna eat a fucking rotisserie chicken in a box of rice pilaf 
yeah. and, yeah. and, and roasted Brussels sprouts. And it was nothing of what I originally planned on eating. And once I like took the meat out of the <laughs> instant pot and it was literally like, I could have made a coat because it was leather. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I just like put it, it Moni was like, there's a steak in the trash. <laughs> Mom. Why is this steak in the trap? Like, Put your shoes on. We gotta go get a rotisserie chicken. There's They're like SSRIs. Uh, oh, man. Well, just so everybody knows, I'm I'm the one who yeah. throws a giant pity party when I fuck up a meal. I mean, I do too, for real. But also, this was like a. We have four minutes to go get your brother. The steak's going in the fucking trash. We don't have to do this. We gotta go. There's no spoons to even kick my shit in that day. No time. Had yeah. no time. Yeah. And also, when's the last time you had a box of rice pilaf? Shit is a fire. I don't know if I've ever. I, I was a box couscous girly. Do y'all do rice aroni? I did rice aroni as a no, kid. No, we had the we. My family got very into microwavable dense ready rice yep. couches. Do y'all ever do the nors? The, the oh noodle, yeah, the yeah. vibes. The like, the noors like Mexican rice, uh-huh. yeah, or or like the weird like Parmesan noodles, and the noodles were always like so. It didn't matter what how you cooked it. it I mean, it it just didn't. But they were like like this gelatinous. It was like a a mold of noodles. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was a little too exotic for <laughs> <laughs> Parmesan. How do you pronounce this? Oh. Well. On that note, thanks for hanging out with us, Liam Donovan. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. This is my first time I've been on a podcast. Well, well, now you're famous. Yep, you're welcome. You're a big yeah, deal. We all hit it big, and people are going through the early catalog. Like, this who's this Liam, Liam Donovan? Stop, make me some bread, Daddy. Yeah, that's what they're gonna say. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> bread, Daddy. Oh my God, let's make T-shirts. Let's make him an apron. Oh, close your ears. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we're we're going to go now. We're outie 5,000. Making choices. Eat good food. Be nice to yourself. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.